Carolina chose Hubert Davis over Wes Miller to be their new men's basketball coach. How's that working out? We're going to look at it. Plus, I've got updates on Carolina football's grad transfers from spring football practice, and I woke up to a Dickie V miracle today. We're going to get into all of that on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. As always, I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen and now your first watch every single day. I want to remind you that we are free and available everywhere that you find podcasts. So please, please, please go check us out. Subscribe, rate, do all those things. It means so much and is so helpful to getting the news out about our show. Well, as I said from the open, Carolina hired Coach Hubert Davis over Coach Wes Miller, and it's a great time now that we come to the end of the regular season to check on how things are going with that decision. So let me take you back to Thanksgiving. There I was, early Thanksgiving week, preparing to enjoy some turkey, a parade, maybe some football. In a, in a couple days, and, and I start hearing chatter from pockets of Tar Heel fans saying that, you know what, maybe we made the wrong choice, and uh, we should have hired Wes Miller over Hubert Davis after all. All the I told you so's were coming on out. Why? Well, Carolina the, that weekend had just lost both of their games at the Hall of Fame tip-off in Connecticut. They had a good showing against Purdue, but ultimately fell nine points shy. And then on Sunday, were just frankly embarrassed by Tennessee in a no-show game. The problem was compounded because then the very next day, Monday of Thanksgiving week, Cincinnati, whom Wes Miller went to coach, took down 14th-ranked Illinois in Kansas City at that Hall of Fame Classic. The Bearcats at that point had moved to 5-0, while Carolina dropped to just 3-2. And a lot of people were starting to wonder, maybe Wes Miller was our guy after all. And oh boy, were people jumping on it. And to those folks, I would say here on Thursday, March 3rd, have you looked at the standings lately, by chance? Maybe? Let's revisit three months later where things are at now. Join me, won't you? Now, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, you know where Carolina stands because you've been dialed in. They're 22 and 8 overall, 14 and 5 in the ACC, currently third place in the ACC, but will be no worse than fourth. Cincinnati, seen what they're up to? 17 and 13 overall, 7 and 10 in the AAC, and they're seventh place out of the 11 teams. So, anybody want to change those votes? Maybe maybe be okay with Hubert Davis. After all, I'll let you. There's still time to get back on board with Hubert Davis. And this is why I have been preaching patience all year long. Things don't always start out great. But if you remember any Roy Williams teams, you know that things are often spotty in November and December. But by March, they're rounding into form. Now, there's no guarantees that Hubert Davis was going to be the same type of coach. But see it playing out. <laughs> now, 
is Coach Davis setting the world on fire? Is Carolina setting the world on fire? By no means, right? They they are at an upper tier in the ACC team in a down ACC year. But is Coach Davis having an incredibly solid first year? I would say absolutely. It's been magnified because several of the losses have been blowouts, sure. But to do what he's done in his first year, winning record on the road in ACC, top four seed in the ACC, 20-win season, yeah, he's doing okay. Now, there is an argument to be made that perhaps Wes Miller doesn't have the same type of talent at Cincinnati and that if he had the talent that Coach Davis has, he could do the same thing. Sure, maybe so, but all we can do is look at the results right here in front of us. One team is positioned well for their conference tournament. The other isn't. One team appears to be on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble. The other team can't even see that bubble right now, much less think about getting into the tournament outside of a run in their conference tournament. So let's go back to the 3-2 and two version of Carolina that had just lost to Purdue and Tennessee. Or maybe even just after they got blown out by Kentucky. If I told you then that Carolina, at worst, would finish fourth in the ACC, would you take that result? Especially contrasted with what I just said that Cincinnati's done this year. Absolutely you would take that every day. Right, uh, We've talked about this before, but when you compare what Coach Davis has done to the first year of Coach Williams, the first year of Coach Smith, it's right in line, doing great with where those Hall of Famers were. Now, please please hear my heart in this. This, is, this, con- this conversation is not a Wes Miller takedown. I think that Wes Miller is a phenomenal coach. I believe in Wes Miller. I think he does a great job. And if the moment comes, I think he would be a great head coach at the University of North Carolina. Absolutely. At the right time, which was not now. That time is not yet. Part of our problem as watchers, as fans, is that in this world of instant gratification that we see, and right now on and on and on, we have to continue to let things unfold. Why Why does everything have to be right now, right away? There, People have to grow and develop. That's true for all of us in any profession, right? For example, I've been hosting this podcast for four weeks now. I'm learning and growing every day. And if people judged me based on where I started, five shows in, just like Carolina was three and two, five games in, probably never come back and listen. But hopefully I'm slowly growing and getting better and you're enjoying listening and being part of all these conversations. And also just a reminder that while Coach Davis did bring in a couple of his own transfers in Justin McCoy, in Brady Manick, in Dawson Garcia, of his selection, a lot of the nucleus of this team that he's working with is the core of last year's team that went 18 and 11 under a Hall of Fame coach. (laughs) And with all due respect to Coach Williams, right, we're never bashing him and all the talented young men on that team and on this one. Let's also give Coach Davis the benefit of waiting a year or two to really get his guys, his system, before we pass judgment so quickly. Because think about the transition from the way Coach Williams' teams played to the way that Coach Davis's teams played. Sure, there are some similarities, but it's a whole different crop of, of talented young basketball players that you need to do what Coach Davis is doing. So, Hubert Davis, great man. Seems like he's going to be a great head basketball coach. 
Wes Miller, great man, already is a great and accomplished head basketball coach. But with the benefit of recent hindsight, can we all acknowledge together how the the Wes Miller please I told you so's were a little bit premature in November? <laughs> but the question now is this, how do we apply that same level of patience in other areas of life as we go forward? How do we stop ourselves from rushing to judgment, whether it's in cases of how well a coach or a player does, or even in our own life, when the results aren't even fully in yet, when there's a small sample size, anything can be true in a small sample size. Now, hand up, I have made some of these exact same judgmental issues in my personal life. Maybe I met somebody that just rubbed me the wrong way and then they turned out to be one of my best friends in the whole world because I let the process unfold. And that is what it's all about, is process. I've had to learn how to have grace for myself and grace for others, quite frankly. Maybe all things considered, we could all afford that same courtesy to Coach Davis, who has, quite frankly, managed his first head coaching season with great aplomb, given everything that a head coach in 2022 has to deal with, from NIL to COVID to transfer portal stuff, one-time transfer rule. I think Hubert Davis has done a pretty great job, and I'm thankful that he's the head basketball coach at the University of North Carolina. Well, spring football practice is underway. They have another shorts practice is happening today, but even from day one, we've already learned some things from Coach Brown. One of those is an update on the transfers from the grad transfer portal, and so we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Run Your Pool. March Madness is less than two weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you going to look for the best? We've done our homework here at Locked On, and we're doing our brackets this year with RunYourPool.com. Along with all the standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers several other varieties like survivor pools. Great options, a lot of fun if you don't want to do just the normal thing. All sorts of scoring editing possibilities, uh, more intel to help you make informed decisions. All sorts of things that you won't find at places like ESPN or CBS. Plus, they offer great customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest setups I've ever dealt with in setting up a bracket. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we here at Locked On are running our pools uh, with Run Your Pool this year. In fact, we're going to have a Locked On pool or a pool just for Locked On Tar Heels. You can find the link to join that pool right in the show description notes. And if you'd like to play against the greater Locked On community for a chance at winning a cash prize, you can join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends. You can enter code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and understandings will be explained there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. Look forward to seeing you and beating you there. Thanks again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. I'd love it. I'd love to encourage you to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, you can just hit that subscribe button. Super easy. Super easy. would love you to do that. And then also, if you wouldn't mind taking out a few minutes of your day to rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. That helps get the show into more people's ears and in front of more people's eyeballs. Thank you so much for helping in that effort. 
Well, spring practice is underway. The second practice is today. Carolina has three grad transfers coming in this season, but two of them are already on campus and participating in the spring practice. Both of these two guys are from the ACC, from Virginia and from Miami. Following the first practice, Coach Brown had a press conference, and some of the things he had to say were this. It's obviously new and different for both of these guys, but Coach said they handled the first practice well and that they were looking really good and fast. So uh, maybe you haven't kept up with who they are, so let me just give you a quick bio on both of these young men. The first is Corey Gaynor, who is an offensive lineman, six foot four, 309. Again, a grad transfer, comes from Miami, where he's played since the 2017 season. Had a standout, phenomenal junior year in 2020. Team captain, all sorts of accolades. But unfortunately, this past season, his senior year, 2021, uh, played three games and then had a season-ending injury. And so has decided to graduate and transfer to Carolina, which is great because um, the big glaring hole on Carolina's offensive line last year was at the center position. You might remember they held like essentially open tryouts. And guess what position Gaynor chiefly plays for Miami? Center. That's right. He's also played some guard in his career, but his main position has been center. Yay! <laughs> the other grad transfer already on campus is Noah Taylor. He plays the jack position, which is essentially a hybrid between uh, a D end and an outside linebacker. I'll say more about that in a little bit. He's six foot five, 235 pounds, played four seasons at Virginia. And so essentially that Jack player is a, a prototypical like pass rusher, but who is also expected to drop back into coverage when the situation calls for it. Um, keep in mind, as I said, there are three grad transfers in total. The other is another offensive lineman who will be coming in June after he graduates from Harvard of all places. That is Spencer Rolland. And so uh, he will have two years of eligibility when he comes. And this dude is smart, like Obviously, because he went to Harvard, but even for Harvard, he's smart. Made the academic All-Ivy team, has all sorts of great ac academic accomplishments. And so Carolina's getting a, a smart dude when Mr. Spencer Rolland comes to town. So as I said, he'll graduate from Harvard this spring and come to Chapel Hill in June. But right now, today, we're going to focus on Corey and Noah. And so great to learn about their bio a little bit, but what do they bring to a team going through transition? Well, for Corey Gaynor, he, according to Coach Brown, is an aggressive vocal leader. Uh, he said that so far he and returnee Brian Anderson have been the best leaders and most vocal in the offensive lineman room, which... Uh, as you know, we talked about yesterday, the offensive line coach, isn't the new one isn't in yet, and so they need this internal leadership, and that's what Corey Gaynor is bringing, and you need that when you have both a coaching change and, and young freshmen to help coach up. What about Noah Taylor? Well, Coach Brown says that he is not quite as vocal or loud as Corey, but looks really good on the field and is one of those players who's essentially going to let his play speak for itself. And that helps when you've got um, someone like Cedric Gray, who is going to be that vocal leader on the defense. We'll talk more about him in an upcoming show. As we said, he plays this jack position. And Coach Brown has said he is a quick pass rusher, Noah Taylor is, with the ability to drop back into coverage. And so should provide a great kind of hybrid player player out on the edge. Now, 
what do we learn for these grad transfers from the Ty Chandler experience last season, who was Carolina's running back? Well, Coach Brown says that Ty Chandler didn't get com- wasn't able to get comfortable enough, fast enough. And so this year, he's pressing his coaches to be more demanding in the spring, getting these guys looped in to the system. And he says, listen, Ty Chandler ended up becoming a captain for us last year. So don't think... Um, to you you three eventually grad transfers that there's not a space in leadership for you here. There absolutely is. And so step up and lead. So what is it ultimately that these guys bring as grad transfers? Well, Coach Brown listed off three things. Number one, confidence. Number two, knowledge. And number three, a world of experience was his phrase. And, and those three things combined bring leadership to the table, no matter whether you are a vocal leader like Gaynor or more of a leader by example like Taylor is. And so the nice thing is these leadership decisions aren't going to be voted upon by the players until right before the first game. And so both of these guys have lots of time to work in their influence as experienced uh, guys with maturity, more reps, and all of these. And specifically, when you think about Taylor, this defense is brand new, brand new coaches and Gene Chizik. And and so while I said Cedric Gray will likely step into Jeremiah Gemmel's more vocal leadership role, how will Taylor's play and experience help do that? The offense needs a leader, right? Sam Howell is gone. You've got new quarterbacks. Who can step in and be that vocal leader? Well, it sounds like absolutely Gaynor can do that. You know, a lot of times it is the quarterback as the vocal leader of the team. But how can Gaynor, who was a captain at Miami, could he be monumental in leading and guiding the offense this year? So both of these grad transfers on opposite sides of the ball have a very pivotal role to play. So how does all this equate to success on the field, right? Because ultimately, aside from graduating, teaching these guys how to be um, good, solid young men contributing to society, in terms of the actual games, the wins and losses are what actually matter. So how does this leadership, this experience translate to the field? Because that's what it's ultimately about. How do you grow? How do you separate yourself as a team? In Coach Brown's press conference on Tuesday, he talked about Hey, you want to work hard? That's what's going to separate you? No, everyone's working hard. You want to get into the weight room and get stronger? That's going to separate you? No, everybody is working their butt off to get stronger. Same with eating and nutrition and all the other health. So how is it, Coach Brown asked, that you separate yourself? It's the little things. This is what sets you apart and puts you in position to win. Because you probably can't outwork other teams because everyone's doing everything they can to work. You probably can't get, again, stronger because everyone's doing that. So what are these little things we can do to separate ourselves from the teams that work just as hard as us? Well, a great place to start is with grad transfers who have a lot of experience. Well, yesterday on the pod, we talked about the ACC Player of the Year race, uh, about Armando Baycott, Alondis Williams, Paolo Bancaro, and boy, oh boy, did I get a shock today when I opened my computer, started looking at the sports world, what's gone on since I went to bed, and it was a college basketball miracle, baby. (laughs) I'll tell you all about it in just a second, but first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full swing. The NBA, as you know, is back from All-Star break. Selection Sunday is coming very close, less than two weeks away. The regular season's winding down. And so from all the latest odds, 
totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, plus game scores, podcasts, and all the latest news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net's College World Series props are out. Here's the championship odds for that. Texas leads the way at 15-2, and the Tar Heels are coming in at 80-1 odds. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Surprise, surprise, surprise. My oh my oh my. I woke up today... You remember I I said that we had this big conversation on yesterday's show about the player of the year race in the ACC. I said it's ultimately a two-man race between Armando Baycott and Alondis Williams that I think Paolo Bancaro, while a great player, just hasn't matched their level of production this year. And so I opened my computer today and I saw this headline. You ready? It reads, Dick Vitale makes his player and coach of the year picks in college basketball's top 10 conferences. Oh boy, here we go, I thought to myself, right? I love Dickie V. I, I, uh, I love what he contributes to college basketball, but I've heard him talk a lot through the years, and I, I know where he tends to make his bed, and it's with Coach K, right? Like, Dickie V has a lot of love for Duke, and that's fine, that's great, but because of that, I just, I saw this headline and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to scroll down to the ACC category and I'm going to see ACC Player of the Year, Paolo Bancaro. But even though I already knew that, I was like, let me scroll, let me look, let me see it in writing. But you know what? What did my wandering eyes uncover? Uh, Not the name Paolo Bancaro, you can go look it up for yourself. You know, like one of these, like they do on cartoons. I can't be reading this right. It doesn't say what I expected it to say. But yep, right there it was. Plain as day, ESPN.com. Dickie V is choosing for his ACC Player of the Year, North Carolina's Armando Baycott. I'm sorry, Dickie V chose a Tar Heel over a Blue Devil? Yes, it happened. It's real. So... Here's what that does for me. Remember yesterday I was very skeptical of, of all the voters and like, yes, it should be Baycott or Williams, but there, people are going to vote for Bancaro. It's just the way things go. But this gives me hope. Maybe, maybe there is possibility yet that people will make the correct choice with their votes. I mean, if Dickie V doesn't vote for Paolo Bancaro, I have to think that there will be others that don't either. And... Once again, I'm not saying that it has to be Armando Baycott. I, I legitimately think that Baycott and Alondis Williams both have a very, very strong case to be ACC Player of the Year, and I expect it to be a close vote between the two of them. And you know what? There's other things for Paolo Bancaro. Why can't you get, like, ACC Newcomer of the Year or things like that? Also, homie's about to make millions of dollars when he gets drafted in the top three of the NBA in just a little bit. So you know what? Why can't Armando Baycott be the player of the year? Get a jersey up in the rafters, because that's that's one of the uh, requirements for doing that, just like Justin Jackson did back in 2016-17 when he was the ACC player of the year. Just just do it right, voters. That's all I ask. Dickie V got it right. Why can't you? <laughs> so, all three of these guys, Bancaro, Williams, Baycott, they each have played 19 games in the ACC, so that means each of them has one more game upcoming to really put a rubber stamp on their candidacy for ACC Player 
of the year. Of course, with Baycott and Bancaro, that's going to be in a head-to-head -head style. Uh, hopefully not with Baycott trying to guard Bancaro again. We're going to talk about that on Friday's show about a preview of Duke in North Carolina, but that did not go so well last time around. But these guys are going to be matching up on Saturday at Hansborough Indoor Stadium. Yeah, you heard me. That's what I called it. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, Alondis Williams will have uh, his game as well to try to cement his role as ACC Player of the Year. Excited to see how these voting uh, things turn out and where voters go, but we're going to find out soon enough. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Please, please, please go subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch. That could be YouTube, Apple, Spotify, anywhere. Just, just please, I would love it if you would subscribe to the show. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow the show at Locked on Heels. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Isaac Shade. You can see how to spell it right here. It's weird. I-S-A-A-C, just like it is in the Bible, right? Go look it up in the Bible. That's how you spell it. And then Shade, S-C-H-A-D-E. It's a German word. It means what a pity. Just, it's such is my lot in life. If you'd like to talk more about the show or talk to me about anything related to sports at all, you can email the show locked on heels at excuse me locked on tar heels at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing or watching, I'd love it if you would go share the show with somebody. Maybe just over the course of the next couple days, just talk to one person about the show and say, hey, I've got this great new Tar Heels podcast I'm listening or watching. Would love, think you might be interested in checking it out as well. Well, coming up tomorrow, as I said, on Friday's show, the last show of the week, we're going to preview the big fat matchup in Durham, Coach K's last regular season game. Carolina is going to go do their best to hashtag ruin a retirement party. Let's get that hashtag trending. Make it be a thing. Let's ruin Coach K's final day, senior day. It's happened before. Man, how about Hansboro? You remember that? They ruined JJ Reddick's senior day. Why can't we do that this weekend? Also, we got more spring football to talk about. Lots going on there and more all coming up on Friday's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And now also your first watch every single day as we are on YouTube. What's up, YouTubes? Now, I want to ask you too to consider making Locked on NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like every other show on the Locked On Network, it's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day talking Carolina sports with me. It's been a great Thursday. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace!